You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline, hour 2713-780-3776. you missed any of hour one, go back to Podcast Arena. There's some bets in there. There's a little bit of funnies. And if you missed this second hour, you can go back and check it anytime. I know a couple guys on Twitter right now are saying, hey, I'm on the way to church. Drop that cash. Go back. The game's at two. The games. There's a bunch of games. So it's weird the way it is. Copa America, it's the last round. So they're kicking off simultaneously. Uh, it's it's uh, Colombia, Paraguay, and it's Argentina, Qatar, Qatar. Um, a lot of people probably think I'm going to dump a lot of money on Colombia today, and I regularly would, but... They're already qualified, so we're going to pass on that. My big bet's going to actually be in that Argentina-Qatar uh, game, and I'm going ahead and drop it now. The over one first half and the over for the game, that Argentina team is really vulnerable, and they're vulnerable and all. They're not so much. They got star power, but it's about the coaching. These guys are playing all over the field. Just uh, they're playing. A, it's a bunch of individualists right now. It's what's going on over there, and it's hurting them. The position they're in right now, they have to win today. Um, and I think that Cutter has shown throughout these first two games that they're not they're not afraid of this tournament. They've shown. Uh, whenever our last week, I gave out that pick Paraguay against Cutter, and I said. You know, these guys are bakers. These guys are are fishermen. And Paraguay had a 2-0 lead on them last Sunday and ended up going 2-2. And, boy, was I mistaken. They bought their players. Everybody knows there's a lot of money out there. And so, basically, a lot of these guys, they weren't born there. There's, like, some Brazilians out there. These guys aren't regularly, what you say, a pushover from one of these countries that you're like, they're not playing ball out there. These guys aren't even from there, a lot of them. So, if you watch the game today and you realize – that guy doesn't seem like he's from there. They got a bunch of ringers. Yeah, why Why does he got a Brazilian? Yeah, a bunch <laughs> of ringers. I'm telling you, so watch that game today. I feel like they're not scared of Argentina themselves. They know that Argentina's vulnerable, and I think they get on the board. But this is that game where the the superior, they're so much superior, the, the talent that's on the Argentina side, that they'll eventually see them way, their way through. But it's going to be a, a nasty open match. I at least see over two and a half goals. Pound that. That's going to be a huge bet. Uh, I have a four way parlay going that I gave out to my people on my private group yesterday and that's the last leg of it we already hit three so that's the part of the four-way parlay so for all those guys leave it alone but for the guys that 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 are saying hey where's that bet it's the over one for first half and for the over two and a half for the game I think there's goals I think we see them often and this is that game where Messi scores two and then in the next round they get knocked out so make sure that you 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 play them here for the goals and then you fade them next Okay, so this is, it's not just for Argentina, it's the whole game, you're saying over one in the first half, and total over two and a half for the whole game. Exactly, so Copa America, go out there, even if you're not a soccer guy, just find that Copa America, click it, and the game starts at two, it's going to be fantastic, and expect to see a... It's going to be violent. Again, it's in South America. You got Argentina playing for their lives, but playing bad ball, and then they go up against a team that for sure they're more dominant than, and they should show it, but a team that's not scared of them. And this is where you see that a 3-1 is where I see around. Okay. All right. I'm ready to get some action in. I will be rolling with you today, Jerry. Speaking of action, let's talk about NFL. 
All right, yeah, let's do it. And just a couple of trends going down with these double-digit win totals. So this year, we have the Patriots predicted uh, whenever you bet them over under 11. Kansas City, 10.5. The Rams, 10.5. The Saints, 10.5. Colts, 10. Philadelphia, 10. Do you like any of these teams over-exceeding those expectations right off the top? Do you think the Patriots, Chiefs, Rams, any of these guys are are, are double digits in the bag? Yeah, man. I, the Patriots, I've... I say the same thing all the time, but until they show me that they're not going to produce, I'm going to keep rolling with them, too. Ninth consecutive season with a double-digit win total for the Patriots. They're the most of all time. 17 times they've done it in the last 30. It's huge. Now you got Kansas City, though. uh, Their first double-digit win total since 04. What do you think? Is is the expectations too much right now? Is the the heat behind Mahomes, the expectation behind them to come in and just – because usually you see that second year fall off right from a rookie quarterback, but yep. this is a different character, right? This is a different species. It is, man, but they worry me a little bit because that's a good division, right? Chargers, most people expect them to be good, same division. I think the Raiders are going to be better this year. I think the Broncos, I don't think they're going to be great, but I, I bet they finish somewhere around 8-8 eight and eight, if I had to guess. So... I think it's going to be a little tougher. And the Tyree Kill thing, we still don't really know for sure. And Sammy Watkins, man, he gets hurt a lot. So th- there's a lot of, I don't know, just a lot of uncertainty. You know, Damian Williams, I like him as a running back, but, you know, he hasn't really been able to stay healthy when he was at Miami and he was at some other places. So, you know, why is this year going to be any different? And I'm not a big Carlos Hyde guy. So if they end up having to go to him, I don't love him. So. Chiefs worry me a little bit. Just like you said, maybe people figuring out Mahomes a little bit. And, man, Kelsey is hurt right now. Yeah. You know, he's expected to, to be ready to go, but he is – right now he's hurt. Still a lot of question yeah. marks and pivotal pieces on that offensive side of the ball. Yeah. How about the Rams? That's one that scares me. Their t- win total of 10, it's going to be the first time since oh, 2000, 2002 that they got double-digit pr- uh, projected wins, and that was that greatest show on turf time, yeah. you know, so – do you believe in golf enough to be able to do it? Do you think that uh, defenses can adjust to him now? Or do you think that McVay's just, uh, his game plan's bulletproof? Man, his game plan in life is bulletproof. Did you see he got engaged to that smoke show he's been dating, that Russian model? Oh, my Lord. Yeah, everybody listening, you're going to want to Google this at some point. I'm just telling you, she is magnificent. So, yeah, the smart man, he locked that up. So, I do like the Rams this year. I think they're going to be pretty good. Does I, that yeah. um, engagement have anything to do with your answer right now? I see that look <laughs> in your face. Perhaps. Perhaps. But, look, I like the Rams. I think I think they're built on some really, you know, a good foundation. Like, they have a great offense. They're good on defense. I like their skill players. Look, the girly thing worries me a little bit. But, you know, they addressed it in the draft. So, I think they'll be able to run the ball. So, yeah, I like the Rams this year. Coming into last season, the Saints were darlings of a lot of people's picks. Oh, yeah. Ending last season, the sour taste that was left. Now we come into the fourth time in under uh, with Drew Brees as quarterback, the fourth time they've had double-digit mm-hmm. projected wins. They only got one playoff win, though, in the last three seasons. So do you think that they can over-exceed that 10.5? Because their division isn't exactly easy. That's tough. You know, so what I got to say, they're going to win 11. I mean, it feels like that's right around where the numbers should be. So I, you know, I I wouldn't really want to put down a ton of money either direction there because I think that's pretty much right on the nose. But it'll be interesting, right? I see a lot of people wondering, 
you know, if they may lay an egg on Monday Night Football against the Texans, you know, the first game of the season, I like, I just don't see it happening. It's it's in New Orleans. It's Monday Night Football. It's Drew Brees, but it did look like Brees kind of didn't look so great towards the end of last year. And you were, we were talking last week that maybe he was a little banged up, and that's why he didn't play that well. That it's not a you know him declining in his skills, but. I don't know. What do you think? I think the Saints will be good, but I think they'll be right around 10, 11 wins. Right around there sounds right. Yeah. It's that division. It's it's crazy because those those home and away games, like when Atlanta goes to New Orleans, yeah. it's it's good games. Yeah, you know what I mean? They're, they're usually towards the, to the end. But I think that the Saints come in with that. They're going to come in with a chip on their shoulder this year. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm real curious to see how that backfield looks now with Ingram gone. Can... Yeah. Kamara be a guy that's let's not even say three downs, but he will be asked to be. Can he can he carry that team from that backfield perspective? Can he take that beating? Because even in college, remember he was a fifteen carry guy. He was never a guy that was a bell cow, and he's never really had to be that. Last year at the beginning of the year with the suspension to Ingram, yes, he was, and yes, he was a fantasy monster. Yeah. He killed it. I think I believe you owned him, didn't you? I sure did. <laughs> well. Do you think that that happens again? Uh, look, I think he's going to be great. I I would fire on him in a PPR. I, I love him. Latavius Murray doesn't scare me too much. I, I think, you know, I think they'll be just fine. What, what's interesting is, look what he did to start the season last year, okay? He had, let's see, about 17 touches in his first game. Then the game after that, he had 19 and then the game after that, he had 16 carries and 15 catches in the third game of the season against the Falcons. So, I mean, they were using him a lot early on with the suspension. So I think he can hold up. Like, I don't think they could do that over the entire season. But I think there can be stretches where you're seeing him touch the ball 20-something times a game. I just I think a lot more through the passing game. I think that's where they'll use him. Uh, and what's really interesting with him is they use him a lot around the goal line. You would think with a guy that's a little smaller, right, that they wouldn't want him to get hit, and maybe they wouldn't use him around the goal line a lot, but they did. And he's been a guy that's just – he puts up a ton of touchdowns, man. I think he had just, what, uh, 18 touchdowns last year. I mean, that's that's a ton. So I, I think he's still going to do that again. So. I think they'll be fine. I think they're going to use him. They'll spell him with Latavius Murray. He's a good fit. But, yeah, I, I love Kamara this year. As far as ADP purposes, still the Elliott, Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, that's the top four. Yeah. Some people got them. If you read people's opinions, they got them all which ways because Christian McCaffrey is going to be awesome. Now, something that sticks out to me, These are all teams, like if you look, these are things that I use, tools that I use in live betting as far as what the play is going to be next. These teams, which is the the Carolina Panthers, the, the Saints, teams like that, they pass a lot on early downs and they pass to the running backs. They use it as as an extension of the run game. And that's what you're going to get now. The new hybrid type of running back that that people use, the McCaffrey's of the world. How do they get the ball to him without having to run between the tackles? Use, use, throw on, on early passing downs. Like for example, I use the Steelers. They're the team that throws the most on second down after throwing on first for an incompletion. So basically it's second and 10. They do it seven. 77% 77% of the time. The team right behind them, the Falcons. The team, at, uh, the league average is 30%. So they're going at 77% of the time. They're throwing on second down. That's how Le'Veon Bell used to get so much yards. Sure. Things, <coughs> excuse me. Things like that is what's going to give you the edge. 
That's it's interesting. <laughs> so you're saying there can be a game plan where you don't go run, run, pass, punt. So apparently, Andrew, that's a thing to where you can shake it up. You you can actually throw the ball early on downs instead of running it twice for three yards and then you know throwing a two yard screen pass and then punting. Does someone want to let Bill O'Brien know that, or are we just going to keep that to ourselves? <laughs> oh, it, it, oh, you were talking about the Texans. Oh, I've, okay. <laughs> I'm just messing around, but yeah, look, that makes a lot of sense. You got to you got to shake it up early on, and it's easier to pass the ball on early downs because the defense doesn't know it's coming. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that this year for the Texans. But, hey, look, those teams that Jerry named, those are good offenses with good quarterbacks, the Steelers, the Falcons. It makes sense to throw on those early downs. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more of that here, and that'll certainly help Deshaun Watson's numbers. And and they're going to have to score this year. I'm telling you, that secondary is not a lot better than it was last year. They're playing a lot of good quarterbacks. They're going to be in a lot of shootouts. They're going to have to score. And how many of these top running backs are the traditional just bell cow, just run between the tackles? Even Ezekiel Elliott we saw last year, they tried to involve Zeke more in the passing game. He averaged three more receptions per game out of that backfield. Barkley, hybrid, Kamara, McCaffrey, David Johnson, Gordon, Bell, Mixon, Connor. Which one of those guys can't catch out of the backfield? The hybrid guys. They want to. You want these guys to. A lot of those guys could play all three downs because you can't take them off the field on third down. Now, whenever you go to like a, the Duke Johnsons of the world, which are considered third down specialists, yep, they're gonna quickly start realizing that they got to be a little bit more than that. It's great to have them, but now he, Duke Johnson's saying that's what he wants out of there. He's He's like, man, I want more. Y'all bringing in more guys when I thought it's I'm rising up the ladder. I'm actually dropping. Yeah. Well, learn how to run between tackles, three downs. You got to be a three down guy. Not to say he can, but he, we haven't seen it. No. What no. you have seen is nothing but winners here on Monday Line every single Sunday. Let's keep dropping those. We'll be right back. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Lord have mercy, mama done raised the real thug. Me and my daddy cool, but he showed me tough love. Fifteen, I was You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter and where you can find a goal. Did they just call that off on us? We almost had a winner, but they called it back. 713-780-3776. If you want to get on some winners, if you want to tweet us at Money975, we got one from Maddie Willis. When we talked about the TJ Trolley experience, he says, Jerry Bo knows you too. Damn that trolley to TJ is an experience everyone needs to at least once or maybe twice. Or waking back up in the back of the border because you've fallen asleep and ridden all night. Border Patrol will wake you up not because of experience or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm telling you, that that trolley from TJ is is wild. And if you haven't ever... Get out there and get it. Get out there and get there because TJ, in my younger days, don't get me wrong, I can't... <laughs> I might get kidnapped. <laughs> And, and TJ, don't get me wrong, it's always been dangerous, but it seems like it's a little bit more dangerous right now. Yeah, than, I've heard that. Yeah, people aren't coming back from TJ, but in my time, it was it was another world, I'll tell you that. Yeah, man, back back in the day, we were heading over to Mexico for 
South Padre Island or uh, like we'd go to South Padre after that, but we'd also just, you know, cross by Brownsville. It's fun down there, man. And um, that was in Texas, but I've also done uh, the one in California as well and gone across the border over there. So good times. You know, we had a, we're really lucky the other day. We had John Granado join us from the golf tournament and we were talking a little bit of Texans and he said something that kind of was interesting to me about the win total for the Texans this year. And depending on where you're getting it at, it's, it's around eight and a half. Texans have a tough schedule this year. So what he basically brought up was at best, you're thinking the Texans are probably around a, maybe a nine win team, you know, maybe 10 if everything goes perfect. But the numbers at eight and a half and they have such a, it's really challenging, right? They start the year off playing a lot of good quarterbacks so it feels like they're going to be what they usually are around eight and eight, nine and seven. And John's point I thought was pretty good. He's like, you just really need like one thing to kind of go wrong for them. And they're going to hit the under, you know, whatever that thing happens to be, whether it's an injury or just poor play or, you know, maybe another team, like maybe a team like the Titans surprises you this year and is actually really good. And you lose both of those games, you know, whatever it is, I thought John made a good point. You just really need like one thing to not go right, and they're going to hit the under. So, what do you think? I think there's, I think it's some pretty good logic there. It is. It's just that start is so crucial. Yeah. So at New Orleans, I'm putting that up as a loss. You're not messing with the seven points. Football <sighs> terms, okay. Home field is worth three, three and a half. Yep. So on a neutral field. You're telling me that you would bet if if you're taking the Saints at seven. I'm saying you. I'm just saying whoever's out there and you're thinking about taking Saints. You're telling me that on a neutral field that you would take Saints minus three and a half, four. Yeah, I I just I think with the Texans secondary, they they may come along and be okay, but I don't think that's going to be week one against Drew Brees in New Orleans. You know, I I think it's going to you know Lonnie Johnson. They're counting on him. He's a rookie. You know, Roby, a lot of these other guys, they're they're question marks. So I I, th- I think even if they play well, I don't think they're going to start out playing well. And they're learning a new system, all these guys, because they're not they're new to the Texans. Now, a lot of people do have that chalked already as a loss. Let's say so. Yeah. Let's move on from there. This is where it gets interesting because you get the new look, Nick Foles and the Jacksonville Jackson uh, Jaguars at Chargers. That stout defense. Ooh. Yep. Carolina, Atlanta. Those are that's a tough little stretch there. Yeah. And say you start out zero and one, what do you hope to go there? Three and one, two and two. That's going to be tough. Atlanta's a tough, tough. At least you get uh, the Falcons at home, so that that's good. But you know, going to Carolina and winning that's that's no lock. You know, I, I think it's going to be a rough start to the season. Say they come out of there. Let's say they can three and two. Sage, right? Say they lose. Say they lose to the New Orleans and then lose one of those other ones, say to Atlanta or the Chargers or whoever it is. Say they could beat Jacksonville and Carolina. Then you get even tougher at Kansas City, at Indianapolis. Yeah. That's where it, it can go. You can go three and two. Say you do lose that first game and then you reel off uh, three and one. You're feeling good. Now you got to travel to the Chiefs and to Indianapolis. That three and two could very well go upside down real quick. Real quick. And, look, it doesn't get that much easier. Yeah, you get the Raiders in week eight, but they're going to be better. You know, they're going to be better with Antonio Brown in their draft. And then the next one, you know, the Jacksonville Jaguars game. Well, guess what? That's in London. 
I don't think I don't remember the Texans ever playing there before, and Jacksonville seemingly plays there every year. So True if that. you're going to lose to Jacksonville, I could see him losing that London game just because it's odd. You're out of you know it's not a normal thing to that go ma- do that, that. Makes week two a must win. You can't let them sweep you. And- right, and then the next week at the Ravens. <laughs> You know, that's I know they're not the scariest team in the world, but they got a really good defense. And then after that, you play the Colts again. Man, this I think there's something to it, man. The under's looking really attractive to you me. You say Colts again, but don't forget that guy, Tomas Brady. Is that what they call him? Because yeah. he's right after. And then you go play Tom Brady. Now, if they can put <laughs> themselves in a decent position there, then at the end, you have Denver, Tennessee, Tampa, Tennessee. They And you know what? Bill O'Brien's been good at that. He's been good at, at getting it going mid to late in the season after they've had some struggles and, and getting them going. And at least the schedule matches up to where maybe they could make a little run here at the end of the year. You know, you get Tennessee twice in weeks 15 and 17 with Tampa Bay sandwiched in between. So, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy to me if they won three in a row to finish the year, but... What what scares me is is they're gonna have to do that to even have a chance at this division. Like they're gonna have to roll at the end of the year because I think they're gonna struggle early and in the middle. So as I look at this, you know, and what happens if you know nothing serious, but one of your good players maybe they miss a game or two, just you know maybe an ankle twist or you know something like that, and then you lose. What if you lose like a game to the Broncos that you you had marked as a win? Like I think this could get out of hand pretty fast here. So looking, and I'm a. I am a Texans fan. I'm telling you, I man, I root for these guys. I watch them every weekend, but it worries me a little bit this year. And I think Deshaun, we did a, a video on Sports Map the other day, and basically the headline was Deshaun Watson, you know, might have a great year, but that doesn't mean the Texans are going to do that well. And that could be the case, right? If the defense is just getting shredded and Watson's putting up numbers, but they're still losing. I think that could kind of be how this year goes. AKA game script. Yeah. You know, so that's what kind of worries me. And I, you know, I thought about it the other day, and I think John's on to something, man. The, the under feels like a pretty safe play. And sometimes, whenever a team overexceeds expectations as they did last year, then if you're not from Houston and you're not that plugged into NFL happenings, then you look at that and you say, yeah, they, they, this team's an 11 win team. Exactly. And one of the things I like to do for fantasy football, and I'm going to carry it over for gambling, it's uh, it's about vibes. And, you know, this wasn't my idea. I got this from somebody else, but I'll just tell you what it is. And he basically just kind of looks at the offseason for teams. And if he's kind of on the fence for if he thinks a team's going to have a good year or a player's going to have a good year, he looks at good, vi- good vibes and bad vibes during the preseason. What kind of vibes have we had in Houston over this offseason? You know what I mean? Like, it has just been a, you know, one thing after another. They have not been good vibes, that's for sure. So sometimes you can sense those things coming with teams, you know, kind of like with the Steelers last year with the Le'Veon Bell thing and the Antonio Brown. Bad vibes in the offseason, right? And they didn't even make the playoffs. So I think there's something to it. And vibes have not been clowny sitting out the whole offseason. You know, these aren't good vibes. So... I'm kind of leaning towards maybe a down year for the Texans. So that's just, that's kind of where I'm at. I just kind of want to lay that out. You know, we'll see how it goes. I hope I'm wrong. And speaking of vibes, they overturned the England goal. It was a goal. (laughs) 2-0 to halftime. Talk about vibes. Let's go ahead and catch that to start this day. Boom. Cash it. 
But please don't kill our vibe as we go forward. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Restaurant to go to? Do you know where I could find an organic Vietnamese taco truck around here? Visit culturemap.com to get the latest restaurant and bar news from Culture Map food editor Eric Sandler. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. Get in, the, hey, get in on this party. I said it was going to be a bookie party this morning, and then we already delivered a winner. England minus one and a half in the first half, 2-0, cash that. We're feeling good. We're feeling good. Go ahead. Get the charcoal going. Start mixing some drinks. I told you, invite the lady. This is a party. Let's do it. Get over to Sports Map. Check out Jerry Bow's Bookie Busters. Follow him on Twitter. He's out of Twitter jail at Jerry Bow Knows with a Z. You can always hit us up at Moneyline975, at Josh Jordan975, and at Carlson Radio. Is that that's right, Andy? All right. I got it, Andrew. I got it down now. So this came across my timeline today. And I'm just going to go ahead and read it, and we'll get some thoughts here. And, Andrew, yes, I'm going to put you on the spot along with Jerry. So here we go. Aisha Curry says she sends husband Steph Curry hundreds of spicy, not-safe-for-work photos while he's on the road and is always worried that they're going to leak. I mean, that's just basically an open invitation to come hack into my stuff, right? I mean, that's... You're just like kind of like letting everybody know. We've already seen it with like Kate Upton, right, and uh, Jennifer Lawrence, and a whole bunch of them. Hold so, on, who else? I'm writing. Yeah, these down. yeah. Take some notes. I, I got quite a few of these for you. So let me ask you this, Andrew, Jerry, if they leaked of Aisha Curry, would you take a peek? I mean, honestly, probably not. I, I'm not a big fan of Aisha Curry. And I just want to know who keeps asking her all these dang questions. Like, <laughs> yeah. Is she just out here like going like when she went on Twitter and she was like, man, I don't get enough DMs. Like who, Aisha, who is asking you these questions? Are you just going out here and saying these things? Like what is going on? She's turning to a ball. Like she <laughs> yeah. just, she's just trying to do too much. But as for me, not that I, she does anything for me, but curiosity kills the cat. Because right. I even, I remember I brought it up before I said, that Robert Kraft video, you're not taking a peek. <laughs> not that you want to see that. Not that you want to see that. That frozen turkey look. That pale turkey just laying on there, getting a table shower. But curiosity kills the cat. It's kind of like that. You turn it on, you're like, oh man, why did I do that for? Oh man. So you actually want to see if he really put the hundred dollar bill like tucked into his his robe or not his robe but his towel? Yeah, <laughs> looking like a like a raw turkey. You know that's what he looked like up there. And it's just again, curiosity kills the cat. And I guess I'm gonna get killed because I I would take a peek with both eyes. Oh man, I I've read some of the details of what's in that video, and uh, let me just say this: there's a there's a reason why he's fighting so hard for that video not to be put out publicly. 
like, there's some embarrassing stuff going on in that video. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you, I don't know, man, that I'm kind of with you. Like you want to know, but you don't want to know, like maybe I'd rather just have somebody tell me instead of having to watch like, uh, I don't know. You'd be like looking through your fingers, you know, like you're watching a scary movie with Robert Kraft. That would be terrifying. I, there's some stuff maybe I just don't want to know, but, uh, my prediction here is in uh, within a month, I bet you Aisha Curry gets hacked. You know, I bet somebody was like, oh, that's a good idea. I haven't done that yet. Boom. And then they do it. If I was Curry, I'd be mad, though, because now you're like, bro, so you're just sitting up in the hotel room whenever you don't want to come hang out with team practice and mm-hmm. checking out these numerous, because she says she sends out a lot of them. Yeah. So he's just sitting there like, yeah. Yeah. Every time his phone goes off and he leaves it like on the bench and it's, he leaves it face down. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, why'd you leave your phone face down, bro? No. You know. Yeah. He has you know to change why. his notification so it doesn't do it like on the screen. You're like, bro, you're tricky. Uh, coach, I got to leave practice. You, you sinner. Did you just get a text? And we know what you're doing with that phone. Everybody, don't borrow Steph Curry's phone. <laughs> It's a sticky situation. Yeah, yeah. Another sticky situation is this man that won the lottery and. This is something you do need to know. If you win the lottery and your divorce isn't finalized, you're going to have to fork over half. Dude, I saw this article, and they'd been separated for like two years, something like that. And he still ruled that he had to give her half. That is true for a suburban Detroit man. Basically, he hit the $1, he put $1 ticket, Mega Millions, $38.8 million is what he's going to oh. receive. Now the the wife that he's been trying to divorce since 15 says, oh, I'm sorry, since 13. He's been trying to, uh, he bought the ticket in 13. Now the divorce still isn't final. So uh, you know how that goes, though. A lot of times people don't go through with the whole divorce, but they sell their divorce and they're, they're, they're separated. Yep. Well, you can't separate the assets here. And she gets half of that. It's really the lawyers that win with this stuff, man. Like they say half, but... Really, you end up with like a third of what you had because a third for you, a third for your spouse, and then the lawyers, they take a third. So it's really the lawyers that are winning in this thing, man. They're going to get a big piece of this as well. What's crazy is, though, they were separated when he bought the ticket. Yeah, you know what that's I mean? what's weird. No, what yours is mine, honey. Uh-huh. You know, that's what she said to him. I, I loved you all along. You said who wins here, though. He really won $80 million and he's only getting 38 So you tell me who's winning. No. Man, they take a cut out of that. They 80 do. turned into 38.8 and then 38.8 turned into half minus lawyer fees. Ugh. You know, you hate to be sad. I mean, you just won millions of dollars, but man, that, that hurts. You remember that old movie? What is it? It could happen to you. Was it with yeah. Nicolas Cage? Or is that was it? Well, who was it in there? And then he wins. He gives that. The waitress, the lottery ticket as a tip, and then he says, if I win this, t- I'll give it back to you. And he was, uh, I think he was a police officer. That's right. And then. That's based off a true story, isn't it? Yeah. I think it is. And then basically his wife's like, no. And I guess they ended up getting divorced. And then I think it was the fairy tale ends up, he ends up being with the chick, I guess, but uh, that, that, that waitress. Mm-hmm. But it's a crazy story that because he ended up going with his word and on that movie. But again, to think of it right here in real life. It's just that hurts. You're like, I, I, I'm, I'm separated for a reason. Yeah, it almost makes you think like he's like, yeah, maybe we should work things out. You know, 
(laughs) Maybe I made some poor decisions and and I've learned and yeah, I don't know. I I couldn't blame him for that. I mean, that's a lot. You're taking half, taking half of everything. Yeah. Take half of these warrants. Take half of these, (laughs) these traffic violations, you know, take half of everything then because I mean, this is rough. This I feel, I feel bad for the guy. I feel bad. I feel bad for him too. This is actually kind of totally off topic, but I did want to run this past you. Have you seen all this stuff with Dennis Rodman talking about the Bulls and the Warriors and and who the better team was going to be or, or really truly is? And Rodman saying what he's better than Draymond, right? Something like that. What do you think? I, I'm taking the Bulls in this one. I'm taking the Bulls for sure, but I love to see Rodman get involved because yeah. he he uh he's not going to hold anything back. And when he spoke about Draymond, this is what it sounded like. The best tandem still today, I thought it was Joe Dumars and Isaiah Thomas. I think Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Scottie Pippen can guard anybody. He's six foot nine. He can guard anybody. Link to link. It's Kevin Durant. People have a hard time with Scottie Pippen. And uh, I don't know who will guard Michael Jordan on the Warriors. Literally, who? <laughs> I mean, literally, who? What three dudes? Let's put it like this. I would handle. I got no problem handling that guy, green guy. <laughs> he'll be eating out of he'll be eating out of my Draymond hands. Draymond Green. Yeah, I, 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 Draymond no, Green. No, Draymond thinks he's the best defender ever. No, no, that's, uh, Draymond. Keep getting your teeth straight, honey. And listen, to your mama. Okay, <laughs> you know this is Doctor D. Ross calling right now, baby. You want some prescription? Come ask me. The doctor has spoken. He has. I don't know about that last little rant that he had. Those little last five seconds. That's wild. But yeah, the worm. I mean, there's certain guys that could talk like that. The worm being one of them, would you rather have worm or Draymond? People don't respect worm for what he was. No. The man was pulling down 15, 20 boards at times. And what he brought, not just his game, because he wasn't going to score. Nope. But what he he could take any one player out of the game pretty much. He his rebounding, his defense. I mean, I would have to go with worm here. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning Rodman. What about you, Andrew? See, it's difficult for me because I didn't see these guys play. You know, all I see is highlight tapes. Just based on word of mouth, I would have to go with Rodman. But I can't base that on anything substantial of my own opinion because the only person I've legitimately seen play is Draymond Green. But has Draymond ever gone and met with a a ruler of a Korea? How about that? I'm going to have to give that to Worm. <laughs> Draymond has not facilitated world peace. Definitely not in Houston. So. Now, l- let's look at Rodman from 91-92 season. He averaged 18 rebounds a game. You're like, wow, that's just an outlier. Not really. In 92, he did 18.3 as well. 93-94, 17 rebounds a game. 94-95, 16 rebounds a game. Come on. You can go look all the way down to the 97-98 season. He never averaged under 15 boards a game. He was a monster. And I forget. I ain't gonna, uh, to be honest, I, I look back whenever this all started going on. Like, how good was Rodman? And then you go look at that and you think, Wow, because he only averaged over double-digit points one time in his career, 87, 88, 11.6 points per game. But the rest came on on that the boards and that defensive side stuff that the the defensive things that he does doesn't show up on a on a on a on a box score. He showed up. He could take your guys out of the game. Is there any one other guy other than Draymond? And that's why you can somewhat compare him that got got under people's skin. It was it was Rodman. Yeah, I mean, it really was. And he's saying here that he, he thinks Michael Jordan would average 50 points a game. 
Yeah, let's in take a listen to NBA. that. Here goes him talking about uh, Rodman talking about MJ in today's NBA. As far as LeBron and, and, and Michael, if Michael played in this era, he'll average 50. He'll average 50 points. LeBron's a great talent, no doubt. He's probably one of the top three players ever played with Kobe, uh, Magic, uh, Kareem. But uh, Michael's right there. I don't know why you guys discussed the GOAT. Why you discuss the GOAT? I agree. There's no debate It's not close enough. It's not close enough, us, not close right, enough right. between Michael and anyone else to yeah. really have the conversation. Let's right. be honest right. about it. That's interesting, right? Like, you think Michael would get 50 in today? I mean, we saw Harden carrying, you know, the Rockets this year, just putting up ridiculous numbers. What would, what would MJ get? Well, his highest was that 37 points per game in 86-87 season. Now, when you try to relate it to today's game, it's you, you, you throw in a couple factors. Okay, how many field goal attempts did he have? He was averaging 27.8 field goal attempts during that season. So let's not say he wasn't chunking the ball up either. You know what I mean? He was jacking. But 37.1 in a season is incredible. And again, Jordan is Jordan for that reason. Very next year, he backdoored it with 35 a season. Next year, 32, 33. He was a monster. And it's years from now. His records will still be there to me as far as the things he did, like the ring record. You know what I mean? And don't get me wrong. Other people's have it. But to be like the ones that the main guys like LeBron chase, you know what I mean? Don't get me wrong, Russell. I know. I know. I know. But these big guys, like, when do you dethrone Jordan? In other words, that's my question. What does it take to dethrone Jordan? What do you have to do? Is it the titles? Is it the scoring? Is it? What is it? What do you do to dethrone Andrew uh, uh, Jordan, Andrew? I think at this point, he's become like almost a mythical figure in a lot of people's eyes. And it's interesting because I talk to kids who are a little bit younger than me, and they all think LeBron's the GOAT, or at least a very significant portion of them do, because that's what they've grown up watching. So a lot of the significant people in the media today, they grew up watching MJ. That's all they saw was MJ and how amazing he was. So I think we look another 20, 30 years in the future, and this discussion might be a little bit different. And, hey, we might be talking about LeBron because all those kids who grew up, they're in the media now. So, yeah, that's a fair point. It's and, what you see. Yeah. It's what you, like like he said earlier about, I didn't get to see Rodman, you know what I mean? So I have to go with what I know. And it's true. It, but so much social media and so much cameras are on now. Imagine if that was the day and age that Jordan played in. We would know a lot more about him because, you know, when we started hearing about the gambling and all that, yep. we, there was a, probably a lot more light to what was going on. Or, and there's a lot of unknowns because at that time, the, the 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 options we had as far as media outlets, as far as sports, it was it was what you had. And, and that was it. Just they were they were short and few in between. But now that anything you do. Boom, it's on camera. Imagine if Jordan had that gambling addiction. There was a lot of moments that we don't know about. And I always think about that. I'm like, man, this is wild. This is wild because I, me being a gambler and a degenerate myself, I know that he's probably found himself in situations that we never know about, we'll never hear about because it's just a different day and age. Now LeBron does something. LeBron doesn't the, – the advanced statistics now, or LeBron doesn't take a shot in the last three. Everybody's going to know. Mm-hmm. LeBron – everyone knows. What happens if Jordan was under that same light? We'll never know. But again, till then, uh, it, it's going to be hard to dethrone the guy. He's he's become a figure that not only on the court. I mean, you're going to have to touch him. Who's ever going to sell shoes like him? <laughs> Nobody. You, you know what I mean? People are still paying two hundred odd dollars for shoes. 
years later. He still gets money from Nike. Imagine you know, I mean, that. Just think about that. Think about that. Think about getting money. This next segment, the home stretch, the last segment. I got to drop the dollars. I got to drop the bang. We'll be right back. ESPN 97.5. Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Don't do them like that, Andrew, because I'm going to have to bring some flavor. Euro U21, Germany, Austria. You're listening to Moneyline. I see both teams scoring here. 14 goals in the last three games between these two heads up. Germany is coming off scoring six, three, two, two, two. This team puts it in the net. Austria, they're coming off giving up three, but they scored. Game before that, they scored two. They scored three. They can score as well in this particular matchup. U21 Euros, you're asking yourself, where is this even on my menu? I don't watch uh, that soccer stuff. But I watch money grow, and that's what we're going to do here. Both teams to score and over in this game. I believe Germany wins about 3-1. to one. Another bet. Let's take it to the Women's World Cup. France, Brazil. A same thing in the last three matchups. Both teams have scored in this particular matchup. Brazil. I think they get on the board today. France. I like them to win this whole thing. I believe both teams get on the board. Both teams are scoring that game as well. Go ahead and punch those in. Before we get out of here, I'm going to drop a little parlay. Woo. All right, Jerry. Let's. Uh, it's the last segment, so we had to get to this at some point. Andrew, our Houston Astros, man. What's going on? Seven straight in the loss column. They got Verlander taking the hill today, playing the Yankees again. Hopefully, he gets them back on the right path. I don't, any observations? What's kind of catching them right now? They haven't had timely hitting. Runners have been on the bases a little bit, and the hits haven't come at the the appropriate times. And, look, this happens over a 162-game season. We saw it the year they won the World Series, too. They had some lulls. That sort of stuff happens. It's It's baseball. It's an an inevitability of a long season. They're going to win 10-plus games, and, heck, they might even lose 10-plus games in a row in the same season. But I'm not concerned as long as that locker room and that clubhouse isn't imploding, I have no issues with this team. Yeah, me neither. I'm, I'm not too worried. It's a long season. It's a long season. We spoke about Verlander the other day, how his numbers are a little skewed right now because the, the home runs, but yep. a lot of them are solo jacks. They are, and he's, his ERA is still around two and a half, so yeah. I mean, he's still having a nice year. A regression to the mean also. If, if 
because I heard what he gave up like 20 last year or something, and then he was already on pace to over exceed that by much. But regression to the mean, we always talk about that. Even if it was a hot start, let's say it was an overly hot start, then we'd say, okay, maybe it's going to drop off a little bit towards sure. the average. Let's do opposite. And maybe he's it's going to drop off. It's Verlander we're talking about here. It is. And, and let's look at today's game. It's a, it's a gambling show, right? This one I, I kind of want to stay away from a little bit if, I, if I'm totally honest here. Looks like the Astros are favored today by a run and a half. And it uh, looks like the over-under is nine and a half with, with Verlander on the hill. Uh, J.A. Happ is on the mound for the Yankees. Used to be an Astro, so we're pretty familiar with him. I don't know, Jerry. Is there – I don't know. This one kind of – I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it as well, just to think, because that over and a half, uh, the over, it scares me with, okay, so we're you're giving up one and a half if you take Verlander, but then you're saying, they're saying it's going to be a kind of a high scoring game here. Yeah. It, I'm, it's just tough for me to to do it. I like back in Verlander when it does, the totals are around seven, seven and a half, because I, I got to read on what they're going. So they're saying here that the bats will be alive on both sides. Yeah. But. That Verlander still one and a half, you know, it just doesn't make no sense. And don't get me wrong, the run lines are always one and a half, and then the juice is what's in baseball that that varies. But you're always going to have a one and a half line in baseball. But uh, I just don't like it. I don't like it at all. And I'm just I'm ready for them to get past this series. Uh, I really am. Yeah, I, I feel like when you're when you're betting on something and something kind of strange has been going on lately with the Astros, right? Like I'd kind of rather let that ride out. You know, and then and then start betting once things have kind of returned to a little bit of normalcy. In the, the Astros losing at this rate, that's not normal. Not at all. But again, it's a long season, it and it, I'm not for some reason. I'm it's not it's not that alarming to me. Don't get me wrong, though. You don't want to have you don't want to go up there and get swept. No, you again, don't. No. back to back. It's just that's not not good. But again. It's early, and I think this team will come around. The injury bug is is starting finally to wear off some, and I think uh, going forward, uh, an ace, or not an ace, but another pitcher to the pitching staff would be fantastic is what I'm looking at. Yeah, I I agree. Now, something before we get out of here, we only got a few minutes, so let's go ahead and drop the parlay. If you're into parlays, that sort of thing, I would do it with Argentina, Qatar, over one first half. Do it with France, Brazil, over, and also that uh, Germany, Austria, over uh, for the game two and a half. So go ahead and parlay those three. Again, uh, the bets, Qatar, Argentina, single bet. Uh, over one first half for the game over two and a half. Those are both straight bets. I'm going to be pounding those. We're, we also got them on a parlay, but I'm excited to get these games going. As far as the show, we did it again. We wrapped it up one week closer to NFL. It's coming. It's coming. It's in the air. Thank you guys for rocking it. Andrew, you were fantastic as always. Signing off for the, for the whole squad for the Moneyline team. Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, and your boy Jerry Bone Knows. We'll see you next week. Peace. You're listening to ESPN 97.5.